Coming to you from Music City, Nashville, Tennessee, this is the Quinn Spin. Hey now, and welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, one and all, to a brand new edition of The Quinn Spin. I'm your host, Quinn, back here on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and more for another rousing and riveting installment of the official podcast of Underground Music Collective. You just heard Rebel 9's All I've Become, our opening theme song here at The Quinn Spin since the great year of 2014, and it will be until the very end of days. And actually, uh, this is a bit of an away game for us at The Quinn Spin, if you will. I had the opportunity to be a guest on your next favorite band, which is a podcast hosted up, based up in the Lehigh Valley region of Pennsylvania, where Underground Music Collective got its start as Lehigh Valley Underground. And this is a very special episode, special conversation. First, I want to thank Phil and Dave for giving me the platform to really go deep on the story, the story behind the platform. My story, you know, going way back before the start of UMC, the Quinn's been everything. And I, I really had an opportunity on this episode in this interview to discuss a lot of the formative experiences that still show up today. But also, this is a special episode because it's where we made a very special announcement about an event we're going to be doing back home in Bethlehem this November. Nashville meets Bethlehem an all-local Nashville-style songwriter night at Steel Stacks. If you know the area, you know Steel Stacks, you know how amazing that campus is. And, of course, you know, so honored to be able to put on this event there, bring UMC back to our home base, our original home base of Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. So we talk about that. We talk about all things UMC, Quinn Spin, and more. I'm super excited. There's also a part two we're going to be doing, of course, uh, later this year where the tables will turn and I'll interview Phil and Dave on their stories. But for now, here's this one. I'll be back to wrap it up at the end. So there is uh, the opening to the Quinn Spin. Welcome to the show, Gerard Longo. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, what an introduction, I have to say. Um, you know, I really, th- that bio I wrote really sounds good coming out of your mouth, Dave. That was, that was great. <laughs> I, I rearranged it a little bit. There was some editorial work there, but yes, most of it is straight from your uh, PR side of things. It, no, that was great. That was awesome. Uh, well done. And yeah, so much to discuss. Excited to be here. Really big fan of the work you guys are doing. Congratulations on your one year anniversary. Thank you. Thank you. It's one of those things where like we, we just kind of started doing it for fun. And uh, and then now, next thing you know, here we are uh, taking ourselves a little seriously. But uh, but, uh, you know, you, you've been inspiring in that way. You, you were someone who started here in the Lehigh Valley and, you know, 10 years of the podcast starting up this, uh, you know, this this business that has just kind of exploded this very week. With even more offerings that would love to get into some of that in a second here. But the Underground Music Collective is is really quite taking off. Thank you. Yeah. And I mean, it did start as fun as well. You know, yeah. Like the podcast, you know, it started because I started a podcast because I needed an outlet from corporate America, feeling like a spoke in the wheel. And I had a free weekend, you know, in 2013, one August weekend and went back and listened to my old college radio show. And then mm-hmm. I remembered, you know, you know, people would tune in you know, every week. And right. it, it felt cool to like think once upon a time, I did something that had an impact on a very small group of people. And I wanted to do that again. And it's, if you would have told me though, 
And we're, well, I'm sure we'll get into the whole journey of it. But if you would have told me that like 10 years later, we'd be here doing some of the things that we're doing with some of the opportunities we have and have had recently, like, I wouldn't believe it. And the fact that you guys have come so far in one year, you know, the sky's the limit for you guys too. And I definitely want to, of course, turn attention to that because the work that you've done, the artists that you've had a chance to feature, the platform that you've built in just a year is truly impressive. And I'm glad because it's needed not only up there in the Lehigh Valley, where we, of course, spent a lot of our formative years, but it's needed everywhere across this ecosystem. So well done to you guys as well. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think that. Kind. Thank you. Yeah, we we definitely set out to the, the name of the show is what we set out to do um, in that we want to hopefully find people's next favorite band. And so since we see more shows than, you know, maybe other people have the opportunity to go do for whatever reasons, um, let us do that legwork for you. And, and maybe those opportunities for music discovery aren't as available or accessible to people anymore. And festivals are really a great way to do that. And we're blessed here to have Music Fest to be able to look at um, a lineup of 400 bands over 10 days to pick the f five to seven you might be able to squeeze in on any given one of those days mm -hmm. and just find some incredible bands through that. That is a large portion of our uh, kind of uh, the, the pipeline of who we bring on. But... Because of that, because of this last year, we're finding other pipelines, whether people are now coming proactively to us or right. we've become more aware of other kind of outlets out there, you know, to kind of check in with ourselves. Um, it's been a really cool little, uh, you know, evolution of things. But uh, we will hopefully not bring on somebody that you're very aware of, um, mm -hmm. unless for that episode, hopefully. So like you might know of someone we're bringing on and tune in because you want to hear what they have to say but hopefully enjoy it to the point of you subscribe. And then the next week you're going to hear someone you've never heard from before. Yeah. And so right. that's, that's truly what we're trying to do here is so like, we always joke, should Elton John want to come on the show? We're going to insist that he come on under his actual name, mm -hmm. uh, Reginald, what is Reginald it? Dwight, Reginald Dwight. <laughs> yeah. like, we want to make sure that we're going to stay true to it and have him, perform stuff that maybe he's never released. Yeah, we're going to have to talk about just his studio work from before yeah. <laughs> he was uh, signed. And so that's our commitment jingles, to our audience. And things like that, yeah. We say no to Elton John, but yes to Reginald Dwight. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, and you mentioned Music Fest too. And I think, you know, for those who don't know what Music Fest is, it, there's nothing else on planet Earth like it. You know, it's 10 Certainly. days yep. in downtown Bethlehem uh, where music just takes over, you know, on both sides of the river. And Very true. You've got everything from the steel stage, which has, you know, your national touring acts. You know, you've got like names like AJR on that this year. You've got yeah. a whole bunch of others. Um, G Easy was just announced. Yeah. They, yep. And they, they really do a good job of covering a lot of genres, mm -hmm. too. Yeah. Marin Morris. Um, uh, yeah. Goo Goo Dolls, Train. Yeah. 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 But then, you know, you have all the free stages too, where it's, right. you know, a lot of the artists that, you know, maybe you haven't discovered yet, you know, just peppered throughout this festival throughout the course of the 10 days. And, you know, and there are party bands, if that's your flavor too, you know, you've got you yeah, know, yeah. all your favorite songs, like no matter what, like you can find something that you're going to latch onto at Music Fest. And there is nothing else like it. I uh, still try to get up there every year. And mm -hmm. as I worked at ArtsQuest uh, when I lived up there, you yep. know, and Arts, the Arts Quest organization has been so great to me and just so great to this journey and instrumental in it. And uh, but, yeah, planning to be up there again in August and, uh, you know, supporting that cause again, because it, there is there's nothing else like that festival. You won't find it anywhere else. Yeah, it's, it's one like USA Today does those like best 10, 10 best kind of uh, contests. 
and it's won the number one music festival in the country a couple times, which mm -hmm. means it's beating out like Coachella and South by Southwest and, and Burning Man and all that kind of stuff. So it's like, it's pretty fascinating that that thing can win. But they brought in last year, 1.2 million people across those 10 days. Yeah. Um, so you got a lot of people from pretty much all over the country, if not the world, who are coming in for that. Yeah. Yeah. There's something just about the spirit and the character of it. You know, like it totally. definitely has this like it's rooted. It's so rooted in the local culture, yep. but it's so expansive beyond that at this point, yes. you know, and like you see that in like the activations that they'll bring in, you know, the different kinds of vendors, you know, mm -hmm. the performers from all over the country. Like it started as this local festival mm -hmm. presented by a volunteer committee and <laughs> grew into this juggernaut of a thing that takes over you know, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, a city of 75,000 people, it takes over for a week and a half, if yeah. not more. Yeah, streets to... are shut down and yeah. laws are suspended for... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be walking around with that open mug on Main Street. I'll yeah. do that yeah. the rest of the year. That's but exactly right, yeah. It, it's it's really just one of a kind. And, totally agree. You know, I, I've been grateful to, you know, have had the chance to be a part of it in so many ways, you know, yep. working as a patron, as media, as I even performed on the open mic stage with our friend Mike Duck the one year of uh, Knock for Culture. That's right. That's right. I so, forgot that you did that. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little, uh, you know, spur of the moment thing. But it's yeah, it's you can it can be whatever you want it to be. You know, you yeah. can have the experience you want to have there. And it's like I said, there's nothing else like it on Earth. Awesome. So cool. Um, so I thought, so I love the opening of your Quinspin show. <laughs> it's got such character to it. And I love also your just absolute blind commitment to, because like you even say in there, this is the music and that's what it's going to be till the very end of days, which you also say those exact words every time. Yep. Um, yep. Which that's cool. And the Hey Now and the, you know, um, you know, the, 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 the extended of word, like there's all those cool things that it's like when I turn on one of your episodes, I kind of look forward to that opening. Like, so I didn't know if you wanted to touch on any of that or if, there is, if there's any stories behind anything or if we want to just get right into the story. I just kind of wanted to pause for a moment because it's such a yeah. iconic aspect to the show. Like it's something that if you know the show, you know all of those little, different little tidbits. Iconic. Wow. All right. We're, we're iconic now. I love it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny because I've been doing the Hey Now has been there since you know, the prehistoric times before sure. we launched the Quinn spin as it's you know, currently known in 2013, there was a college version at Moravian university now, no longer Moravian college, but right. it was Moravian college back then. And I chose the name, the Quinn, because I didn't want to use my real name right. just in case, you know, somebody said something on the show that, you know, I necessarily want to be tied to. And <laughs> right. I mean, needless to say, but you the know, Quinn now, doesn't care what he's tied to. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, pseudonym, just like, just like Elton John, you know, right. it's my stage name, it's my stage name. Well played. So, yeah. See, see, tying it all back together. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, the Hey Now has been there since the beginning. All that other stuff has kind of gotten added in, like Revel 9, like uh, All I've Become, that song, that's our opening song. Yep. That's been, you know, since our one-year anniversary episode, September 2014, we actually had a contest for that, and they submitted a lot of bands that, you know, were part of that run, part of that era submitted, sure. and that one just is there. And, like, I can't think of another a better opening at this point. You sure. know, like, right. the, it's, just, it's just there. It's the yeah. opening theme. It's going to be there forever. Yeah. The the elongated of is a more recent development. I forget exactly why I decided to start doing that. I mm -hmm. think I was kind of riffing on, there's this podcast, um, the new day feel the power with uh, these three guys from WWE, Xavier Woods, uh, Kofi Kingston and Big E. <laughs> right. And, 
and Woods would always do something weird in the intro. So I think I was kind of riffing on that like a year or two ago and it just kind of stuck. It stuck. Yeah. It's interesting though, because like a lot of the, like the intro gets, you know, a lot of people talk about the intro in one way or another. Like my co-host JD, he joins us on our zoom episodes as part of our OG family. Uh, you know, he says he's pointed out to me several times, like everyone's just kind of always sitting there politely waiting for the storm to pass while you do. That. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've had people tell me, like, you know, that's the whole reason they came on the show was to witness that in person. Mm -hmm. um, there was somebody who left a YouTube content saying it was the most cringeworthy thing they've ever seen. And I just was like, well, get used to it because it's been that way for 10 years. And it's you're still tuned in yep. and you sat through the whole but cringe. According you to got you, a right? reaction and yes, that's worth exactly. something. Regardless exactly. if it's negative, you got a you got a reaction. Yeah, it's that it's that every every publicity is good publicity thing. Correct. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. but but yeah, it's just like I I couldn't imagine doing something normal to start the show now. Like it's just mm -hmm. like and to, to your point, Phil, it's like if you know the show, you know that. And it's yeah. just like, you know, you start to look forward to it. If you're listening for for the first time, like I'm sure there have been people that have heard that and just shut the show off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Listen, I hear it too. Like I'm like again, I'm equally blindly committed to our opening. I I plan on changing the quotes, mm -hmm. but they tell such a fun story that I've left it for the first full year. Yeah. Um. But the music, I don't know that I ever want to change it. It's it's a combination of Carver Commodore and Argonaut and Wasp, who are mm -hmm. two of the bands that were early guests on the show. That yeah. are these um, tremendous up and coming bands that I've come almost I don't want to say I've become friends with them, but we correspond outside of podcast and live stream episodes like we just simply check in on how it's going and yeah anyway it's those kinds of things where it's more than just the music these are people that i i now care about and want to see succeed mm -hmm. um and our closing music is blair crimmins who played at my wedding like you know these are things where it's like it's again it's more than just the music so if people think it's too long or cringeworthy whatever it's like i'm kind of just going shrug you know like you said get used to it and and uh you know uh, it may adapt over time it probably won't yeah, but it's in another interesting thing you kind of brought up there that I picked up is like the relationships that develop out of doing this, you yeah. know? Oh, yeah. And like it does, it, beca it becomes more of a friendship. It becomes more sure. of a like, hey, let's check in. Let's help the rising tide raise all boats. That's, you know, what we find ourselves saying oh, a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. Across the UMC ecosystem is like, how can we help each other win? And that's the thing is like when you find people doing good work for the right reasons, you know, you want to band together with them and you want to help them in any way that you can. Yep. And, you know, it's amazing to see just in a year, like how many of those relationships you've developed, the things you've been able to do, of course, you know, in the community up there, you know, you're talking benefit events, you know, mm -hmm. and other collaborations, including one we're probably going to get into a little later. You yes. just saw me wink a little bit. <laughs> um, but like there's. Stay tuned. Yes, yeah. we've got big, big news. We have big news, big news. And, you know, you were talking about creating pipelines too you know mm -hmm. it does it creates pipelines not only within the local community that you're in but like the other communities that you start to serve as a byproduct of starting this thing and watching it grow mm -hmm. and you know i think i think we've both you know had a chance to experience that whether it's one year or 10 years in where it's like you really start to you know have those relationships and have those things come you know back around and you grow just a stronger ecosystem sure. you know that's the word we choose to use is just ecosystem because it is there are so many components of it you know so many people involved in the community so many different factors you know that dictate you know how far it goes and truly you know we can only go as far as we go together and totally. it's just really encouraging to see you know Y'all up there, you know, building that, you know, with Bethlehem, with the Lehigh Valley as a home base where we, you know, spend so much of our formative time because there's sure. so much talent up there. There's so much. There really is. 
Yeah. Like it's a talent rich area, you know, more and more opportunities to perform. And it's just like, how many places like that do you think there are in the country and world that, you know, you know, just have all these talented people, but, you know, don't necessarily have the connection to the industry. Yep. Right. And that was really for me, like why I chose to go to a music market, you know, yep. as 2018 worked into its latter stages, I kind of felt like I need to go learn more so I can build the platform I want to learn, mm -hmm. you know, and now we're at a point where it's like, you know, we have UMC, we're based in Nashville, but the reason I didn't put Nashville in the name Underground Music Collective is because I wanted it to be able to grow anywhere. Sure. You know, right. sure. I wanted to be able to build those pipelines back to Bethlehem, build pipelines to LA, New York, Austin, Chicago, wherever, yeah. you know, and, and to smaller markets as well. Cause, you know, again, there's talent everywhere. It's just a matter of how does that talent get heard? Oh, and we have more resources at our disposal than we ever have. Yes. You know, as a global community through technology, you know, in this day and age to where we can make those connections. You could be in Spokane, Washington, Little Rock, Arkansas, mm -hmm. and connect with people in the industry and connect with opportunities to get heard and seen and build your platform. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. an exciting time. And we really want to help facilitate that, mm -hmm. you know, and of course, folks like yourselves are doing a great job doing that as well. And again, warms my heart to see it happening up in Bethlehem. Yeah. And I mean, so you teased an announcement. You just talked there about a talent rich area and you wanting to shine a light from Nashville with the platform you've built there. Why don't we just go ahead and announce it now? Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, we uh, so first of all, Phil, uh, I have to thank you for your diligence on this as well. Um, we uh, like I said, when we moved to Nashville from Bethlehem, you know, there was always the idea of we're going to come back one day and we're going to you know, we're going to provide opportunities to our community back home to other communities. Well, we're doing it. The mission in that uh, aspect will be complete in November <laughs> yep. uh, because we are doing an event right at Steel Stacks as Underground Music Collective. It's called Nashville Meets Bethlehem, a Nashville style writer's round at Steel Stacks. And for those who don't understand the writer's round concept, it's yeah, I'm just going to ask, could you explain that for anybody that's like suddenly being like, what does that do? <laughs> So a writer's round is where you have a collection of songwriters, you know, three or four to a round. In our case, it's going to be two rounds of four songwriters. Yep. And each one plays a song. They go down the line and then it comes back to the top and they put, you know, they're sharing their songs, stories, like if they know each other's stuff or are picking it up, like sure. they might even noodle along or harmonize, that kind of thing. And it's a great way to build community around original music. Mm -hmm. It's only original music and let other audiences hear the songs that these songwriters have created. And we have... An incredible lineup we that we've assembled, and it's not quite complete yet. I'll explain what that means in a minute. Yeah, this is the but wait, there's more moment. Yeah, yeah. But but basically, the concept of a writer's round is to give people a chance to play the original music that they've written in a stripped down sense. You know, share the story behind it, and foster a sense of community. And mm -hmm. that's what we're all about. We're so thrilled to be doing this at ArtsQuest. Yep. Um, you know, of course, you know, reaching out to them uh, months ago. You know, we were able to collaborate and find a way to really make this happen and really build something that's going to be a fun night for everybody. Sure. It's going to be happening Friday, November 17th in the Blast Furnace Room at Steel Stacks. Right. And I'm over the moon that we can do this. You know, mm -hmm. about five years, almost to the day after moving to Nashville from Bethlehem, we're able to come back and put on this event, also co-presented by your next favorite band. We're working mm -hmm. together on this. And again, I have to say, Phil, like you've been such a valuable resource in terms of helping solidify this lineup, in terms of just being a point person to bounce these ideas off of. Um, so this is truly 
a community effort across communities, yeah. building a true pipeline, you know, between Bethlehem and Nashville. And the hope is that this is going to be the first of many things that we do back home. And it's going to be, in addition to that, a litmus test for doing events in other markets as well. So right. this is, I mean, this is, this feels huge, you know, it feels sure. like something, you know, a real piece of the mission, you know, is, is being accomplished here, yeah. you know, and by no means are we ever done, you know, I don't, I don't really believe in finish lines, but this is something that we can point to as like a milestone moment where it's like, all right, we're doing what we set out to do. And uh, the thing I alluded to before, so we have eight total slots. We have two rounds of four, but only seven of them are booked. Right. On the purpose, eighth, on purpose. On purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Because the eighth slot starting today on undergroundmusiccollector.com, we're running a contest to the first week of July where you, local songwriters of Eastern Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. can apply to play with us. So you can apply for that eighth slot and be a part of this event and be a part of history here in the local community, but also for Underground Music Collective. And it ties you in, of course, with our entire platform in Nashville and beyond. So it's a, it's a really, really cool opportunity that we're providing for folks. In addition to the seven acts that we already have on the lineup, who we'll mm -hmm. be announcing soon. Yep. Uh, don't want to give anything away, although I may be wearing one of their shirts right now. <laughs> um, we're, we're, we're so excited about this. And, you know, it's again, just a chance to give back to our original community here at UMC and just be a part of it all and help build a stronger community that hopefully creates more opportunities for people in the years ahead yeah no i mean i'm it was so uh again we were honored to when you and i were chatting uh, just to kind of share stories and and get to like kind of know each other um because a lot of people had always said to me you know you're doing something really cool here gerard longo tried that once upon a time do you know him and i was like i keep hearing this name i gotta meet this guy so uh it goes back a little bit that we we connected and had that conversation and then you came back to me saying i've had this idea yeah would you want to be a part of it and i was like uh yeah that sounds like not only amazing but also right up our alley like that we're trying to shine a spotlight on yep. the, the the phenomenal songwriters in this case it's both not only just you know people who are making great music but also centric to this area so just a couple of quick tips to kind of highlight on on this contest one it is kind of needing to be eastern pennsylvania or i guess even western new jersey like this if you're within striking distance of the lehigh valley is kind of what we're hoping for that yeah. doesn't mean outside of that is not what somebody we all want to hear from it's just not for this particular event um, right. so let's try and keep it for this one to to that general area and it is original so we don't necessarily say you should be submitting a cover. I guess if that highlights something of your talent, sure, but this is much more about your songwriting and your ability to then go share that and your story uh, on the stage with other performers. Yes, absolutely. And thank you for hitting those points. Yeah, yeah. we, we want to hear your stuff. You know, we know you've got it. We know there's a lot of talent, you know, great stories there. So we want to hear it. And we want to open this up. And, you know, like I said, we're going to be running this contest for the next few weeks, right up to the first week of July. And then we'll be getting together to select our eighth entrant mm -hmm. into this event. And I mean, it's, it's a lineup you want to be a part of. Again, I'm, I'm trying not to give right. too much of it away right now. <laughs> uh, but no, you like, definitely do. This is, we, we not only, and again, David and I share these stories all the time where we'll ask somebody to do an interview or for permission to use their music. And we're always like, they'll never say yes. And they come back saying, sounds great. We'd love to. And it's like, oh my gosh, same thing here. Like, I said to Gerard, here's the people that I think I would want to be approaching for this. And we asked them and they all said yes. And I'm still always 
kind of awestruck when that happens. So yes, you definitely want to be a part of this. This is going to be super amazing. Yeah. So check it out. You see my in the in my uh, lower third graphic there, undergroundmusiccollective.com. That's where you're going to find information on the contest uh, to be a part of Nashville meets Bethlehem. And like I said, you know, we're hoping to bring this to other markets. So if you're listening to this in another market right now, like say exactly. New York yep. or even Philly or anywhere else, and you want to do a similar event, like reach out to us. Let's team up on this. We'd love to because. Mm -hmm. Again, this is going to be something of a litmus test to try this idea out in other areas and build a stronger sure. community yeah. uh, between us all. You know, and it taps you into everything we're doing, taps you into every, everything that everybody involved is doing. So, um, David probably on... wants to see the uh, Nashville meets Delaware. Yeah, well, you know, first of all, I don't know if you could handle all that talent because the state's so huge. The population just overruns things. <laughs> well, we joke. We, I mean, you know, Phil's Joshy, but we've had more people on because Phil's originally from it's, New York. It's true. And I figured he would end up with more people with New York origins than my fellow small Delaware. And yet I'm winning in the leaderboard at this point in oh, time. Oh, it's like double or triple the amount of people who are from Delaware uh, that have been on the show. But your, your point about it being uh, – I've been to a songwriters cycle like this before, and it's an excellent evening of entertainment for somebody that's thinking about joining in from what you're getting to see. You get exposed yeah. to, you may know one of the artists, but you get exposed to several others, depending on the nature of the evening. Mm -hmm. You usually get to see a very cool interaction between the artists, especially if they start spontaneously joining in or playing along. It, it turns into a really, really uh, interesting night where you learn a lot. You get exposed to new music in a way that is, really you strip down that's a that's a good way to describe it but you also get mm -hmm. exposed to the sort of the the nuts and bolts sometimes which is Absolutely. really neat to see mm -hmm. how that all comes together it doesn't just come out whole cloth out of yeah. the you know it's not like athena being birthed out of zeus's head kind of moment that is mythology was not on my bingo card yeah. david <laughs> but that's right what a, what a the, vivid image that's, that's right. yeah thank you for that can't unsee that one. Um, but uh, I mean, it's, it's true. It it's, is come true. on, mythology is completely true. It is. So it's just it's on the internet. It has. To That's be why true. it's called mythology. Yeah, it's right in the <laughs> name. Yeah. So uh, I think one last thing for me is, and this is more of a like you know not a spoiler. Hopefully, just like a little bit of a hint, and also a little more of an enticement. Um, it's not all guitar. So there are other instruments that will be on stage. Yes, yes, yes. That is a very good point to make. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we have... It's not all sitar. It's not... Yeah, it's <laughs> right. not all sitar, you know? Right. It's right. Not all didgeridoo either. You yes, nip. Like we've Black got a variety... Spiels. Yeah. yeah, we've got a variety of instruments. Which <laughs> instruments you'll have to find out and yes. make your best guesses when the lineup is announced. Yep. But we, again, you know, you can join in. So don't feel like you have to, you know, be an acoustic guitar singer songwriter to play. Right. You Correct. can play keys. You could. You there's there's room for variety here. Correct. So don't don't be afraid to submit. There's one slot left. Wish we could pick you all. I'm just going to say that in advance, but we yep. can pick one. Only one can hold the ring or however that goes. I don't know. I, I never watched Lord of the Rings, but <laughs> there's something about that in there, right? I there's don't know. definitely something along those lines. Yes. Yeah. So like, yeah. so don't be afraid to sign up. And again, like, even if you don't get selected for this one, yes, there will be more opportunities down the road. Yeah, so absolutely. It's, a great, it's a great way to get on our radar for things like this. It's a great way to get on UMC's radar, on your next favorite brand's radar, on Steelstack's mm -hmm. radar. Yep. yep. Like, not to speak for them, but like, you know, it's a good way to just get in the mix here, mm -hmm. at, you know, because 
our plan is to take this idea and elevate it, you yes. know, every time out. So yeah, at a minimum, repeat it and then also hopefully elevate it and bring it to other cities for sure. Yeah. 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 And I've got tons more ideas that I'm not ready anywhere near ready to make right. public yet, yeah. you know, as to where this can go. Yeah. But, um, you well, know, you had, uh, massive ideas come out this week that I definitely want to get to. Ooh, yeah. But if you don't mind, I'd love to roll things back a little bit. Sure. Um, there's one, what I'd love to open with here is there's one other stock thing you do in your opening for every guest that you bring on, you ask them three questions. I'd like to ask you these three questions. Oh, okay. So you ask, oh. every time you ask your guest, who are you? What are your passions? And why on earth would you want to come on this show? So mm -hmm. there, would you mind answering those three for us? Sure. Who am I? Uh, I'm Gerard Lago. Uh, I'm known as the founder and CEO of Underground Music Collective and the host of the Quinn Spin. It's crazy. I've never had to answer these before. Look at that. <laughs> I was hoping I was honestly hoping to catch you flat footed on that. Um, aside from that, though, I am a cancer survivor. As you mentioned, I am a fitness enthusiast. I am a 13 time uncle of the year. My nieces and nephew are the most important people in my life. Yes. Um, you know, not not to not to throw shade at anybody else, but those kids, you know, are a big mm -hmm. part of my compass. And are they 13? Because I would almost hope they're like 14 or 15 and you got beat out by somebody. <laughs> there was that one my, year. My my oldest niece is 13. She'll uh, yeah, right. yeah, <laughs> yeah, Mr. T. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's more self-proclaimed than anything, but my eldest niece is 13. She'll be 14. So I pretty much just started running the count during her first full year of life, uh, which was 2010. perfect. Got it. Um, well, congrats to you on that. Thanks. Yeah. It's, um, you know, like I said, they're a big part of my compass and, you know, a big part of my why. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I want to, you know, existentially build a thing to show them that they can build a thing, whatever that is. You oh, know? absolutely. No, I and, think the same thing too for, for my yeah. kids. I'm sure David does as well, where it's like, you're hoping to lead by example here for, for, you know, at a minimum of showing what's possible, but hopefully inspiration it doesn't have to be in music industry or podcasts. It could be just simply any, at any moment you are powerful and can do what you want and need and see in the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And my eldest niece, Amber, you know, we're, we're cut from the same cloth in that regard. She has a lot of big dreams and goals and, you know, it's like, all right, well, let me, let me help give you a little blueprint, you know, sure. for when you're ready to, you know, leave the nest and fly out to, you know, mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> new opportunities, right. new faces, new places, you know, it helps to have somebody who came before you and who has screwed up massively to the extent that I have throughout the course of my life, <laughs> you know, so you can learn from well, that yes. you know, and do better, you know? Um, so that's who I am. My passions, obviously, you know, the people I love are very important to me. Um, fitness is very important to me, especially, you know, over the past handful of years, I've really, really taken a big focus on that. Music, community, creativity, storytelling. Um, at the root of everything we do at Underground Music Collective at the Quinspin, it's okay, well, what's the story behind it, you know? And how is this how is this story going out into the world and having an impact? Um, and so that's such a huge part of what we do. And music is the vehicle by which we communicate those stories. Right. But, True. you know, we can do that in other ways, you know, through visual art, through, through writing. I'm a writer by trade. That's originally what brought me to the dance, you know, and it's just important to be able to communicate our truths because those truths help it better inform how we show up in society for ourselves and for each other. I feel like, you know, when we hold it in, it um 
it's a detriment. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like I and growing up in rural America in the nineties as a boy, like you, you were taught not to be vulnerable. You were taught to suck it up. You were taught to, you know, just be tough and this, that, and the other thing. And, yeah. you know, but what that has, I think led to is a lot of folks with, you know, stunted emotional growth. Mm-hmm. And so right. I've really, you know, taken it upon myself personally to, be more open and transparent about the, my journey and what's going on in my world yep. and how it informs this platform and the way it shows up in the world. Because one thing I've found is, you know, you can separate business and personal to a degree. You know, there's definitely a degree to which you should, but one does always inform the other. The way you're showing mm-hmm. up in your life informs how you show up for your business or even your ability to show up for your business. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to me, it's become really increasingly important to especially over the past couple of years to like make sure I'm showing up well for myself and Mm -hmm. for the people I love, because ultimately that's going to translate into what we create here with this platform. You know, as the person who started it, you know, I'm tasked with leading that charge. And so my ducks have to be in a row and it starts from within. And that's something that I've really, especially since moving to Nashville, you know, had to take ownership of. And so I'm really passionate about personal development as well. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, in that in that vein, I listen to a lot of podcasts on that, you know, that touch on those topics. School of Greatness by Lewis Howes is one that I love. Um, the Angry Therapist with John Kim, uh, Diary of a CEO with Stephen Bartlett. Like mm-hmm. all of these people are massively successful people who have leaned into who they are. Sure. You know, and, you know, if you listen to those shows and listen back to mine, you'll probably see some things starting to creep their way in, you know, influence wise. Yep. Um, so those are my passions and why on earth would I want to come on this show? Well, because I love the work you're doing and you know, it's important work. It's, you know, it's well needed, you know, especially in an area up there where again, it's talent rich. Uh, but the opportunities, you know, to have your work, you know, reverberate outward aren't always there. So you're giving people that voice to get, to send these signal flares out, not only into the local ecosystem, but into others that you're touching. And it's only starting to grow more and more and more, you know, so you're doing amazing work there in the Lehigh Valley that can have far rippling effects outward. And I really admire the work, you know, and I I feel like we have a lot of common threads, you know, in terms of our platforms and our approaches to them. And totally always good to just chat with somebody like-minded about this process. That is, that is true. A hundred percent, but thank you so much. What kind word I'm feeling all, all the feels. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah it, it is cool too to have somebody recognize that because david and i both put in a lot of you know hours here and it's not so much that we we always share that we don't have a sponsor not for the fact of being desperately seeking one because there's aspects to it that we like the independence of being able to make all of those decisions the way we do we, we kind of only share it that way just for that reason it's like you know we're doing this because we love it not because it's generating revenue um and so that we hope that that kind of carries some some weight as well for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but cool. No, thank you for, thank you for asking your, answering your questions. Um, <laughs> um, but, uh, I, again, I, I, I think that's a great way for your show to kind of establish those first kind of elements of, you know, what's this person all about before you mm-hmm. dive into the dialogue. But yeah. Uh, yeah. But let's talk. So if I have the chronology, right. So you're in your teens, 16 or so, uh, high school kid, loving your football, you know, team and, and playing football and you're diagnosed with a rather malignant cancer. Mm-hmm. Yes. So obviously that's heartbreaking for a, a kid. Like you're, you're still a kid, even though mm-hmm. you're probably, you know, the size of an adult and you're, you can do adult things. You're still mm-hmm. just obviously got to be a very scary moment. 
Yeah, yeah, and definitely maturity wise, I was very much still a kid uh, at that yeah. point. You know, as you should be, to be honest. I mean, like, right? Yeah. You're sixteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it was a scary moment, you know, and it it was one of those things where, you know, there were absolute moments of terror. So to, just to kind of give a little bit of background and like exactly how this happened, I had a very malignant tumor in my left ring finger, which finger is no longer there. You'll notice, mm -hmm. um, and so if it had spread. You know, chemo and radiation wouldn't have worked. That's what they told us. Like, it would not have worked. Sure. Um, so this was March 31st, 2003, when I was diagnosed. And we had to get this thing out quickly before it had a chance to go anywhere. So right, right. I'm in northern New Jersey uh, in a town called Long Valley out in the sticks. Um, it's two hours to Philly. We were They gave us a choice between Sloan Kettering or Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. We chose CHOP. Um, mm -hmm. And so we me and my parents and sometimes my brother and sister would come for the ride too. We would go from long Valley to Philly, you know, mm -hmm. several times, you know, a week, you know, for scans, tests, you know, anything under the sun to see like, okay, like where is this thing? How do we take care of it? Did it go anywhere? If it did go anywhere, what can we do about that? It was contained to my finger and, you know, it, it was really quickly that we had to find that out, you know, mm -hmm. because of the, nature of the situation it was encapsulated sure. within a sheath of skin probably no thicker than a piece of paper right and so it's like okay let's move on this so march 31st i'm diagnosed april 15th is the surgery down at temple university hospital in philly so 16 days 16 years old uh going through that experience and wondering like okay like can this thing come back or sure. did it go anywhere to have cells gone anywhere and do we just not know that yet like is life going to be normal you know mm -hmm. and how am i gonna how am i gonna bounce back from this and get back on the football field and get back to doing what i love and sure. live some kind of normal life right, right, and right. throughout that process you know there were definitely moments of fear and terror and anger and vulnerability and all that yeah but Something about it, though, like as we were going through the tests and like we get to the hospital each day and whatever, it's like it was workmanlike. It was like, mm -hmm. all right, like, what do we have to do? Where, where do we have to be at this time? Like, right, what yeah. tests do we have to right. take now? What do we have to do? This? Okay, let's do that then. Yeah. What is <laughs> what is this test for? What is that test for? Like, let's get this over with as, as fast yep. as possible. It was really, I mean, right in the beginning, you know, there was there were a lot of wild emotions. And then after surgery, when it had a chance to hit me when i'm sitting at home and can't sure. do anything else mm -hmm. my arms in this big bandage i'm I, i'm sitting in a recliner for two weeks at a time and i'm just like thinking about like whoa like mm -hmm. i remember like what just happened i remember it was five days after surgery i think it was easter sunday we had just gotten back from church because we were definitely going to church at that point <laughs> right. uh you know figured we needed all the bets yeah. yeah yeah we went to church we went to synagogue we went to a mosque <laughs> <laughs> figured we needed all the help we could get right <laughs> but like we get there uh or we get home rather and i'm just laying on the couch and like this fear just kind of washed over me like of what course if it comes back you know yes. like i'm sure there was this adrenaline for the the hyperdrive you were on for those 16 days yeah. And like you said, just the pure, you know, blank uh, pragmatism of that's the next thing I need to do. Let's do yeah. that. Then once you're in the waiting game of was it successful? Holy crap. I, You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure that is it's probably incredibly natural for it to wash over you at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. And it definitely did. You know, especially when I'm stuck at home with nothing but my own thoughts, really. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, sure. mm -hmm. Once, once I started being able to move around a little bit, like once I got out of the heavy bandaging yep. and was able to go back to school and everything, it was like, all right, let's start to kind of like ease back into society now, yeah. you know, 
sends a finger, <laughs> you know, right. and, and see what we have to do to recover from this. Yep. And you can only count to nine at this point. Yeah. 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 Um, so. And did they uh, do the procedure in such a way that like put a pin in so you'd still be able to either catch or hold a football? Yeah. 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 So that's what they did. So, that's so they, good. I mean, again, to not take that away from a 16 year old is that's such a nice thing that they did that they probably didn't need to necessarily. Right. But for your psyche, I'm sure that was huge. Yeah. Uh, my my surgeon man by the name of Earl Fliegler was fantastic. And that was definitely, you know, something that he emphasized was like, OK, you want to get back there. I believe you'll be able to get back to playing eventually. You know, sure. so let's let's make it easier on you. They could have left the gap, you know, or they mm -hmm. could have given me a prosthesis. Um, but instead, what they did was they took it from the wrist, you know, mm -hmm. so the entire ray, it was a complete ray resection is what it's called. Sure. And so then they put a pin in to bring my pinky and my middle closer together. So, and honestly, I caught better with nine than I ever did with 10. It was kind of <laughs> but careful. There's going to be a whole swath of kids out there. Mom, I need to remove this. Don't try that at home. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Do <laughs> Don't try, try that, that at, at home. home. Do not take that. Gerard Longo does not endorse uh, yeah, removing a ray for a better grasp of a yeah. football. No, no, I don't need any class action lawsuits coming out. Um, but that was the Quinn. That was the Quinn who said. Yeah, the Quinn said that, not me, not me. Yeah, stay back there. <laughs> Go back in your hole. No. That's right. Um, but I, after surgery, it's like okay, like how can I get back? Because they told me twelve months. You know that was going to be the recovery time, and I'm like doing the math. That's next April. I'm missing my entire junior season, which is an important season. Sure. And even though I wasn't really that good, I still wanted to play in college and I wanted to have that time, you know? So I start going to physical therapy as soon as I can. As soon as that bandaging is off, start going multiple times a week. I think I went on a couple of days I wasn't supposed to go. There was, <laughs> there was one time we were going to uh, summer sanitarium at giant stadium. My sister and I had um, GA tickets down on the floor of the stadium and, and down in the bottom of the bowl. And I made her take me to physical therapy before we went to the concert because I, it was one of my days and I needed yep. to go. Yep. Right. And, you know, so we went to physical therapy. Then it was this big show with Mudvayne, Deftones, Linkin Park, Limp Biscuit, and Metallica. Wow. Uh, yep. In the heat, 100 degrees, middle of July. But I'm like, but by that point, my recovery, I'm like, I saw some progress. Like I was the the prognosis had been knocked down for that initial 12 months significantly and i'm like okay let's see how much of the season i can salvage now mm -hmm. you know so like it was really important for me to keep going mm -hmm. and it went down from 12 to eight months then eight to six at one point and once it got to i'll be back in october i'm like okay well i just don't want a piece of this season i want the whole thing so i right. kept going kept going and then august 7th i remember it was less than four months after surgery we're doing all the strength tests everything and like everything's looking good. And Dr. Fliegler just like kind of was wide eyed. He's like, I've never seen anyone recover from something this reconstructive this quickly. Sure. And, and he cleared me for full contact. Wow. And I'm like, okay. Like, and that showed me, first of all, I had youth on my side, you know, yeah, I'm totally. sure. so you're, you bounce back better when you're young, you know? Yeah. Um, but also, you know, it showed me like, okay, like I set my mind to that. I didn't take that 12 months as gospel. And mm -hmm. here we are. Like I was, I was suited up in time for camp. And, you know, that right. was a lesson of, you know, just because somebody says something, you know, doesn't mean that's ha what has to happen. You know, like mm -hmm. I could have taken that 12 months and be like, well, I'm going to be out for a year. Oh, well, mm -hmm. you know, but I'm like, 
no that was the one part of this where i'm like uh let's let's test the limits of this sure, <laughs> let's see what sure. and i mean i still played with like uh with you know some protection on it you know that junior season but the fact that i was able to get back yep. you know and and resume and really just bounce back better you know like uh, it's something i carry with me you know i i carry you know the spirit of that 16 year old kid because like look this is a tough journey you mm-hmm, know like yeah you True. know, we we haven't touched too much on like the 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 uglier parts of this journey, but there's mm-hmm. a lot of sacrifice you have to make, a lot of things that don't necessarily go right, you know, a lot of the time. And you have to draw on some sense of resilience or willpower sometimes mm-hmm. to keep going. And I think back to that kid, you yep. know, 16, kind of ignorant to what's actually going on and what could happen <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, a little bit. And just like, okay, what do we have to do? All right, we're gonna get back. Yep. You know, and you know, I'm gonna do what I can in the meantime. I remember yep. You know, that entire rest of the spring, summer, as soon as I get that ca- that bandaging off, like, all right, I'll do legs. Whatever I don't need this hand for to sure. train, I'll do. Yes. You know, because I want to stay as ready as possible to get back. And it really, I mean, that and football were probably my two greatest teachers growing up. You mm-hmm. know, football taught me, you know, the value of working hard toward a goal and working mm-hmm. towards something bigger than yourself and cancer taught me like all right you can bounce back from this you know sure. and you know you're stronger than you think you are yeah and, overcoming overwhelming odds and those kinds of things for sure yeah so it was i mean such a formative experience i still carry with me today mm-hmm. i mean and it just it informs how i show up you know and sure not to say i haven't lost sight of that here and there you know mm-hmm. throughout the past 20 years but like right now i'm at a point where like all the pieces have kind of come together you know and i'm super focused on health and fitness um which of course we can talk about that too because yeah, we definitely need on. to get to that yeah um you know i'm super focused on that and just like really showing up you know making sure not only in a physical sense but in an emotional mental sense you know that you know, th- there's nothing but good energy. You know, there's mm-hmm, nothing but mm-hmm. this sense of wellness that's allowed, you know, past the, the gate, you know, yep. because the way the way you show up and the way and what you allow in is ultimately what's going to determine where you end up yep. and going to determine how things turn out for you professionally as well as personally. So, you know, this past couple of years in particular, since taking the leap from corporate America once and for all, you know, has really just shown all of that to me again and like okay well let's put it all together now all these lessons yep. from these past couple of decades let's put it together and make a run mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's such an inspiring story for sure i mean you're even talking about you're inspired yourself by your own 16 year old self um i gotta think that was inspiring to the team and to other you know uh kids and you know you know again we always love sharing these types of stories too because you, you never know who out there is dealing with something like that and needs to know, you know, primarily they're not alone, but secondarily that there is hope and there is, you know, um, someone out there who can be an inspiration to maybe reach out to and so on. So I'm sure you would, if anybody is out there currently battling or needing, you know, some sort of a kick in the pants, um, you'd be available to, to kind of like, uh, you know, help out in that case at a minimum, sure. just simply listening to this story hopefully helps. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about it. So like, you know, obviously a real quick thing here is that's, you know, you get through high school, you go to Moravian College is what it is at the time that brings you here to the Lehigh Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you shared earlier, you were on the radio there that then leads you to in 2013, revisit being on the air now through the podcast medium. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, again, we've laid out a little bit of that story. But in those years, again, there's got to be like you said, hard lessons learned or, you know, um, just different uh, obstacles to overcome. So is there anything in particular you wanted to highlight there? Hmm. I'm sure there's 
plenty like for any person especially a, an entrepreneur um but uh but yeah any uh, something in there you wanted to highlight yeah in between high school and the law in 2013 i mean mm -hmm. you know it's interesting because college was kind of like a dream sequence for me sure. like i found college to be pretty easy mm -hmm. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. what i mean like i academically you know I, I did really well i did the best i ever did you know mm -hmm. academically because in high school i was not focused on academics at all uh i had a 1.9 gpa in high school and then around college it's like okay well if i want to you know go a little further in life i'm probably going to need to get this together you know <laughs> um you know i was not focused academically at all and i you know it just was not really something that I valued and I came to value it more, you know, and again, it was just another layer of work ethic that was kind of instilled, you know, when I graduated high school, I actually took a semester off. Um, and because I needed shoulder surgery, because my senior year, my shoulder got jacked up. Um, <laughs> I was able to come back and finish the season, but it was the labrum was torn in there. It was a mess. I, I got cleared to come back, but then like I re-injured it a few months later. Um, I re-injured it a few times, actually. I kept, like There was one point where I was. it was right after I had graduated, or it was a couple months after I graduated. I'm lying on the couch watching football. I decided to take the semester off because I already knew I needed surgery and I didn't mm -hmm. want to miss time. And my arm's up, and I sneeze, and my shoulder pops out. <laughs> oh this is the fourth God. time I've dislocated it off of that original injury. That is and one I, heck of a sneeze. And my sis, my sister's allergy medications, kids, <laughs> allergy medications. It was right around the time fall allergies are kicking in. And I, my sister's in the next room. I'm like, Hey, Jill. And she's like, yeah, I'm like, uh, that sneeze just knocked my shoulder out. She runs upstairs. <laughs> Yells to my mom. I'm like, hold on. Uh, let me see. I, I was able to slide it back in, but at that sure. point I'm like, surgery's coming. Yeah. You know? Right. And that was a weird time for me because like, I was already taking the semester off. I saw all of my friends go away to college or at least go to community college. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just working in the kitchen at friendlies and like not doing much else. You know right, what I mean? Right. And it's just like, is this my life now? Is this mm -hmm. what it's going to be? And it was kind of this wake up call where I'm like, all right, well then I need to get things together. I need to go to County for a semester after I get the shoulder fixed, mm -hmm. get my grades up, start applying to these four year schools and I want to play football. So I'm going to go play football, you know? And you know, there was that, there was the fact that, you know, in high school, you know, as a backup, you know, second team by senior year, which is, Granted, further than anyone ever thought I would go when I walked in, you know, first day of freshman year, 5'10", 125 pounds. <laughs> but like, you know, the the prospects of me playing college, you know, pretty much I had a lot of people saying like, you're not going to do that, you know. And I just took that as this like, no, I am. I am going to do this, you know. And I took this as this giant chip on my shoulder, you know. Sure. I know former teammates, former coaches like, man, you sure you're going to do this? I'm like, yes, I'm going to do it. And so I just went on this mission to go to community college, get my grades up, you know, and, you know, throw in some extracurriculars. I was, of course, in choir and theater in high school as well. So, like, you know, my county college had those. I enrolled in those programs as well to show, like, hey, I can, I can handle the course load. I can handle the extra stuff. Like, I'm ready for your four-year school. Sure. I applied to seven as a transfer. I got into five. And... It came down to me between Moravian and Muhlenberg, and I didn't get into Muhlenberg. So I'm like, <laughs> well, then I'm going to go to the rival. And I went to Moravian, and that was my introduction to Bethlehem. I remember the first day, first day was I ever remember being in Bethlehem. Like, you know, I think I was there maybe when I was a baby once or twice, but it was when we went to tour Moravian, me and my dad. And I just remember taking the tour. We went down, we grabbed lunch at Brewworks right there on Main Street. Yep, sure. And 
it just felt like home. It felt like I was going to spend the next four years there. Little did I know like how that city was going to transform my life in other ways. Right. Sure. But it did. And, you know, I spent four years at Moravian and, you know, it was kind of like a dream sequence slash so- social experiment to me in large part. I kept up on my extra- extracurriculars, specifically football and theater and added a new one in college radio. Um, and, was on the air for seven semesters. Uh, my brother and I started a show. He graduated. And then I started the Quinn Spin as a spin off of that show. Sure. With two, with two ends. That was my buddy Dan on that one. And <laughs> it was just one of it became in a lot of ways like my favorite thing about, mm-hmm. about college. And after graduation, you know, I was playing semi pro football for a couple of years, you know, underemployed, freelancing. Like I graduated right into the recession, you know, as an English major. So like there weren't a whole lot of jobs out there. (laughs) Right. Right. You know, and I just, you know, finally by 2012, things had started to level off. You know, I gave up the ghost on football at 25 uh, and got a corporate job in New York. And, you know, I I loved that job. I I was working in a marketing lab at IBM doing internal communications. I learned so much about it and it informs still like a lot of what I do today. Sure. You know, but it wasn't mine, you know, like I needed that thing that was like mine. Right. And I started feeling that pull in 2013, you know, started mm-hmm. feeling more and more anxious about it. Actually went on a cross country road trip, you know, a couple months before I ended up conceiving the show and like had panic attacks on that sh- trip, you know, sure. because I was just like, something was out of alignment that mm-hmm. whole summer. Right. And then I had a chance. I had a free weekend in August. It was August 17th. My girlfriend at the time, lived right outside of philly i'm commuting to new york i don't have a lot of time for myself but i had this weekend she had like a baby shower or some a wedding shower some kind of shower to go to mm-hmm. so like i was left to my own devices at my parents house where i was still living because i was a contractor i didn't want to move out till i had a full-time job mm-hmm. and i dug up some old creative projects i'm like what can i what can i dig into what can i like what can i give myself to do you know some old writing projects and then i'm like to wind down, well, let's listen to some old episodes of the Quinn Spin yep. and, and of D and Q. And I thought I was going to wind down, but it wound me up, you know. And it <laughs> right. was one of those things where I'm like, people actually cared about this. I found the thing. Yeah, I'm starting a podcast tomorrow. I went to Best Buy the next day. I bought a USB mic. I launched the Facebook and Twitter accounts that we still use to this day. Made mm-hmm. the original logo and all of its crude glory. And, <laughs> and three weeks later, we had a, our first ever unofficial Quinspin solo mission, which that episode will never see the light of day. It was pretty bad. Um, <laughs> and then a week later, my buddy Adam Arnold, who goes by Scotty Rock, he uh, I told him about it. He's like, oh, I'd love to come on as a guest. And he's been my right hand. You know, That's like awesome. even today, you know, comes back around and comes on zoom we actually had the opportunity me and him last week as of air date to go to new york for an opportunity that we had in the media which was Mm -hmm. a full circle moment for us because i just remember in 2014 us walking around new york both underemployed trying to figure this thing out no idea what we're doing like should we drop off demo cds the series xm and iheart and we would have gotten in a post 9 11 world that wouldn't have gone well right 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 But we we had the opportunity and i guess i can talk about it now because it happened to go to iheart in new york uh, for this show, Passage to Profit, uh, which mm-hmm. as a record date, I don't have a release date of the episode, but I got to go on and talk about this entire thing that started with a USB mic awesome. and a laptop in my childhood bedroom, you yeah. know, and Adam Scotty got to come with me and document it. They gave me a plus one. I'm like, I know exactly, exactly who I'm bringing with me because he lives right in the Hudson Valley there. Sure. And, you know, it was, it was a moment, an opportunity not to be missed. And 
it's there's so much in the journey of that, you know, in between those 10 years, you know, but it's like to have that full circle moment in the same city that we were, you know, thinking about storming the gates as it were sure. like <laughs> we're actually invited for something like this. Like it's the, it's the most wild thing, yep, yep. you know? And it, it just, again, is that proof of like, you never know how far that idea can take you, you know, and you've seen this yourselves, you know, just in the past year, like, the opportunities you've had, the people you've had a chance to interface with, like it can all still grow from here. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. you know, even 10 years in, it's like, I'm excited now for the growth. I'm excited for where this has come. Sure. But I think I'm more excited than ever for where it's going. Cause I think it's somewhere really, really good. No, absolutely. Yeah. So let's jump to that. So basically again, it will be not giving it full justice, but you work for arts quest. You mm -hmm. create the Lehigh Valley underground yeah. branding, which is, just early stage underground music collective. Mm -hmm. um, and then in that, in that kind of like realization that you want to take this to a more music centric city, mm -hmm. you pick Nashville, you move there and you start the underground music collective. You carry the Quinn spin along with that. Mm -hmm. And now you've been chipping away at creating what that's all about. Um, and this week it exploded into a whole new, it was like it was in a cocoon and now came out as this butterfly. So, um, yeah. if you don't mind, like, you know, as, as you know, as I don't want to say concise, but like as quickly as you can kind of rip through that, this evolution yeah. to, and especially kind of what just got announced now. Yeah. Yeah. So going to the Lehigh Valley, um, first of all, that was something that after the first couple years of the Quinn spin, like I started working at arts quest, I worked music fest 2014. That was my first time in there. Uh, you know, and just was brought on here around. That was kind of my ticket back to the Valley. It was after mm -hmm. New York, the contract had expired. They were going in a different direction. So I was kind of lost at sea for a lot of 2014. And all I had was the show really, mm -hmm. you know, and I used that kind of to get me back in the door in Bethlehem. You know, sure. I, I, I always loved Bethlehem. I always wanted to go back. You know, I just loved the area. I loved the city, you know, and, and the surrounding area it just felt like the first thing that was ever mine, you know, that I had found. Sure. And you know, I start working at ArtsQuest a few months later. I get another job full-time in the area that's going to allow me to move back into town, into the area. And so did that in 2015. The show goes on hiatus, um, kind of just like adjusting to my new life, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm getting integrated into the local scene. I know there's a local scene there. I'm starting to think, hmm, what can I do here in addition to the show? Yeah. And... But then in September of 15, my mom passes unexpectedly. Mm, mm. And so that knocked things off course, you know, as, as it would uh, yep. for a couple months, you know, September, October, you know, was, you know, a grieving period. But also I had the nice distraction of the Cubs were in the playoffs for the first time in years. And, you know, it kind of softened the blow, sure. um, you know, but once they got eliminated, it's like I start getting itchy again. It's like, OK, what do I need? I need an mm -hmm. outlet again. And so it's like, what was, what was I thinking before she passed about what, what I was going to do with all this music stuff, Sure, you know? And so I wanted to still do the show, but it needed to be part of something bigger, you know? So I'm like, well, there's a lot of local musicians around here. What if I start a blog and review their music and mm -hmm. go cover their shows? And so Lehigh Valley underground was born and launched in January of 16, 2016, 17, 18, we're there. We're growing the community. We, we, win a, we win a few Lehigh Valley Music Awards. We're involved in putting on local events. We had the first Friday concert series in South Bethlehem. Uh, we did some stuff with ArtsQuest, too, uh, Southside Arts and Music Festival, uh, and a couple of other events as well. But by mid-2018, you know, it's like I started to feel limited by my own knowledge. You know, I started to feel limited by 
what I knew about the industry and how could I impart that back to the mm -hmm. community and how could I grow this thing beyond and, and create these pipelines that now we're talking about. Right. Yep. And right. so I was, I wanted to go to a music market. I was thinking New York because it was the closest one. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, I wasn't really getting any bites back there in terms of jobs and whatnot. So, but I had friends who lived in Nashville and they had just got married a few months earlier. I was in their wedding. It was in Charleston, South Carolina. It was an incredible time. And that's what kind of got the ball rolling for me as far as like, I need to go somewhere. I'm getting sure. itchy. I want to go experience more and build something that allows me to do that in a personal sense too. And they convinced me to move here to Nashville. So November by November, 2018, we rebrand underground music collective. Uh, we're still the blog, you know, and love, you know, and there was definitely a lot of emphasis, back home too because that sure. was the market we knew as we were getting to know this one um so we've been here since november uh of 18 november 26 was the day i moved to town and we've just grown and grown and grown um to the point now where you know we offer creative services we just launched uh to your point phil our creative agency at yeah. umc that was we on have... may 1st you announced all these things so these are like yeah you know hot off the presses development yeah. for what you're offering to clients yeah. And that, I mean, that was born of, you know, I've been taking on client projects, you know, in the mm -hmm. realm of social media, coaching, photography, but there are things I don't do. And also as this grows and I'm the one responsible for its growth, there are things that I just don't have the bandwidth yeah. to take on. I'm going to bring up your website while you're chatting about it. So if yeah. you need me to, to go to anywhere specifically, just let me know, yes. but I'm going to bring up underground music collective yeah. website. So when, when you go to our homepage now, you have two tiles, right? You have yep. the left, which is the blog, all yep, the content that brought us to the dance, creative agency, which is the creative agency. So we have a team now assembled of UMC verified creators who you can reach out to us, you know, to head that way. book the these folks. Agency, yeah. yeah, yeah. You can book these folks through us to help you create your creative projects. And what it does is it also taps you into everything that we're doing at UMC. So like, you know, somebody creates, a, let's say you hire one of our photographers, right? Mm -hmm. And the project's created. Well, then we're going to share that through the UMC platform. Right. Right. So in addition to getting this amazing work that, you know, you're achieving your creative vision in conjunction with this other creative professional, mm -hmm. you're getting some extra marketing and promotional boost through the UMC platform, which at this point, I mean, we've yep. been featured in Music Row magazine. We've had partnerships, you know, we've partnered on events with Red Bull, with CAA, uh, Creative Artist Agency. Uh, we have a good standing working relationship with Universal Music Group where they submit artists to us. You know, we have we've had so many opportunities connecting to the larger industry that you become tapped in with a platform mm -hmm. that is tied in with those, you know, and then therefore by proxy, you are, you know, you never know. We're at the point now where you never know who's watching UMC, right? Yep. Yep. You never know who's looking and who might pick up on what you're doing as a creative, as an artist and be like, Hey, you know, let's put this person on our radar. So it's an opportunity to be tied in with us and get your creative needs fulfilled. Totally. Um, and it's again, just born out of, really born out of the stress and discomfort of there's too much to take on. And some things people ask me to do, I don't know how to do. Like I'm right. not a videographer, but I always get asked like, Hey, do you do video? Cause we, I do know how to run the live stream system at the studio. Right. 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 Yeah. But, but I'm, I don't actually have the gear, but it's like, well, what if we had people who can, and I mean, you see there, we have, vocal coaches, instrumental coaches, Aaron McClendon and Katie Thompson. There are music instructors. Right. Uh, they co-founded a company called Music on the Move Studios, who we partner with on a variety of things. And part of that is, you know, helping them, you know, get business and helping build awareness mm -hmm. of each other's platform. You know, it's truly that rising tide raises all boats. Yeah. You know, and, and I love that beneath each person, like the 
the services provided. So like if you, you know, if you need graphic design, photography, copywriting, social media, graphic design, styling, branding, whatever, like there's all these different features here and it's right there for you to know who does what. Absolutely. So you know who you're clicking on, you know what they offer. And each one of those individual pages has a portfolio sure. uh, with, you know, some of their best work. And the great thing is, too, about this is most of the work can be performed remotely. So you don't have to be in Nashville. I mean, things like it's true, too. Yeah. Th things like photography, videography. I mean, our people are local to Nashville at this point, although some do travel. Right. Uh, but like things like graphic design, web design, video editing, you know, like. Mm -hmm. Even, you know, the musical music instruction, like they teach virtually, you know, Aaron and right. Katie teach virtually. So it's like there are so many services that you can leverage from us no matter where you are. Right. And you're supporting these creatives. You're supporting our platform while also getting the support you need. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's really exciting. Um, you know, it, it is the next phase of our evolution. Um, and it's just as important a part of what we're doing here in the ecosystem as anything we've ever done. And I feel like this is going to be the thing that, you know, for the platform really helps us continue to expand our presence and helps sure. us to continue to serve more people. So yep. really excited about that. You awesome. know, I'm going to jump over to the blog just because that's again, where kind of things started a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you can see here again, this is where a lot of, like you said, your, your trade, you know, from where you started was writing. So there's going to be some great content in here, whether it's um, the the reviews of music, but also just simply like you have here from surviving cancer to Mr. Health and Fitness, which mm -hmm. we definitely need to touch on. So we'll, <laughs> we'll just click in here. And, and uh, this is where you're uh, potentially Mr. Health and Fitness uh, 2023. Yeah, yeah. So I guess we'll go there. I this is kind of separate from the ecosystem, but it's tied in nonetheless. Oh, um, totally. Yeah. I, so I was just scrolling Instagram, you know, I was waiting, I was waiting to pick up a food order and <laughs> I like, it was a couple Sundays ago. I'm just scrolling Instagram. I'm just waiting, trying to, you know, pass the time. And I see this ad for muscle and fitness and it's for this Mr. Health and fitness contest. I'm like, yeah, okay. I'll fill out this little form, whatever. Have you upload a couple photos, whatever. Tell a little bit about yourself. I'm like, sure. Whatever. Like if I get picked for it, great. If I don't, cool no harm you know yeah. yeah no harm no foul like but just looking for any window right to like elevate the platform you know mm -hmm. that's that's my thought you know at this point the next day i get an email saying i've been hand selected to be a part of mr health and fitness 2023 and so speaking of things that started may 1st voting started on may 1st mm -hmm. and we're recording this a couple of weeks before release so i don't want to jinx it i'm going to knock on wood right now right. <laughs> as of the time we're sitting here i'm in first place in my group Right. And so the winner of this contest, if you make it through group quarter semifinals, wins $20,000 and a two page spread in Muscle and Fitness magazine, which I would have to fly to L.A. for, I, I imagine, and do the shoot and all that. Right. Um, but it's this incredible opportunity that just dropped in my lap because I just filled out a little thing yep. on Instagram, not expecting nothing. Mm -hmm. And right. and, that, and then blog, I, that blog article is you have like a I think it's like a nine minute kind of mm -hmm. like solo mission that you yeah. did about what that means to you. Yeah. And you should check it out because you go extremely out of your way as anyone who knows you would be the case. But for anybody who's just wondering, that money wouldn't be anything other than just to further the platform, to further this rising tide, help, you know, uh, you know, raises all boats. Like you're looking to utilize that for uh, Underground Music Collective and, and again, sharing the stories or helping out the artists. So like this is a, a vote for, for everyone. Like it's not just yeah. for Gerard Longo. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, that money, the visibility from being tied in with a platform, the size and scope of muscle and fitness would absolutely do wonders for underground music collective and therefore everybody associated with it. You know, it would absolutely help us all elevate, you know, even to go far into this thing, even to get to the finals right now, we're still in group stages, which as of recording, I'm going to assume I'm still in. Cause as of recording, I am at first in my group. Yes. We're um, casting this into the universe. Yes. Yes. We need Gerard to still be able to be voted for. Cause it's going to make the close of this show way more powerful, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, um, you know, it's just one of those things that like, you know, it's an opportunity that I just felt like I had to seize and like, the response to it has been unreal you know like i when i when i got accepted it's like okay i just hope i like make it past the top 20 and don't completely embarrass myself with this thing but to be like i as of recording i haven't been lower than fourth you know in my group and like super congrats on that thanks even just the process like whatever happens happens this has been so cool for you like i've just seen this kind of add a sparkle to your eye it's been very cool to watch yeah. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. And yeah. I, I, f- I felt that spark, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because like part of it is like seeing, cause I can see who votes, you know, and I can see how they vote, you know, because you can do the one free vote. You can do two free votes. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also uh, buy what are called warrior votes to support the wounded warrior foundation. Oh, fun. Buy, like a pack of 10, a pack of 25. Love that. that and they so did. Cool. Like, I love when people just do awesomely pragmatic things like that. Like, yeah, yeah, go ahead and vote some more, but let's make it worth, you know, again, the philanthropy side of things is just such a great thing. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, they're doing great things for Wounded Warriors. I believe they're building homes for Wounded Warriors. So mm-hmm. if you buy Warrior votes, then you are supporting that cause. Awesome. But, like, to see the people who have voted, because it's, like, it's people from this entire run. And it's people from, you know, that I'm interacting with here and now in the present day. But it's also people that I haven't seen since high school, grade school. Like, people from every stage <laughs> oh. of my life. People I don't know. <laughs> are voting for me That's and i'm awesome. like and i'm like whoa like this yeah. is actually like people care about this you yeah. know and people are people are paying attention and you know it's one of those things where it's like okay then let's win this together like this sure. isn't us victory this isn't right. for me you know this is like you said and you know i want to reiterate like if I win this thing, it's going to be huge for UMC. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the approach I'm taking. It's not just so I can go pose in a magazine. Right. It's 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 what that will do. Yes. For the platform. Yep. It's what yeah. Yeah. The exposure that... and the and the the financial. Uh, yeah. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. all going to be put right back. Yeah. You know, into making this stronger and into serving our community. So I'm really really just excited about this. I. Again, I didn't expect to spend any time in first place. I was just hoping to not completely embarrass myself. But like, here we are. Yes, like, let's stay in first. Let's make sure we keep voting. Yeah, let's let's go for the victory. Yes. Let's yeah. Cl- close that out and, and and take it to the to the next phase. But yeah, uh, yeah. Um, David, I know you needed to to run, but I wanted to give you a moment here if you had questions for Gerard or for anything with UMC or Quinn Spin. Uh, well, we were talking about earlier, so you know we're going to we just talked about the Mr. Health and fitness. That's, you know, that's part of your journey and the hard work, but you've also now touched on the other parts, which is the hard work you did for the, the, the football stuff, the, the overcoming your, the cancer thing. Um, UM, the, the UMC, the, the underground music collective does a lot of things for artists. Now that you've also launched this creative agency mm-hmm. portion that is, uh, as of this recording, brand new, like it's still got the tags on it. Yeah. Um, and so that obviously is also sort of expanding, if you will, horizontally. So if you think about it vertically, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're talking about the, the musicians versus the mm-hmm. creative 
support mechanisms that is the horizontal. Yeah. Um, I know you talked about that because you had time and the lack of skill set and things like that. But can you talk about putting that together as a, as a growth mechanism for those people as well, too? Because I think that's part of interesting what you're doing now instead of it being just one vertical thing. You're, you're expanding horizontally if you really think about it that way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm glad you touched on that, too, because it's the industry is only as strong as all of its parts. Right. And so we can continue offering features for musicians, but without the support underneath that, it's only going to go so far. It's about, again, building an entire ecosystem that becomes more robust. Right. And so in recruiting the verified creators, it's like, okay, well, what skill sets do we need in house? You know, what, what is in demand for these artists, you know, artists here, artists anywhere, because there's always a pipeline of artists who are in need of good creative services, right? And so, you know, it supports the artists in that way, but it also supports the creators because they are also tied into the platform. They also get exposure through the platform through the work that they do, and they get to make their rates, you know, they get to mm -hmm, make sure. money and pick up clients and gain exposure in that way and build their businesses. Right. So it's a way to help them incubate their businesses, you know, through the, through a reputable platform, you know, and not to say that they don't have their own reputable platforms. We've got some people who've done some really impressive work in this industry. Right? Exposure. It's another, it's another way to turn a spotlight onto something that you're doing, which is sort of the nature of what, you know, the podcast is or what our podcast is. It's, you know, bringing attention. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. It's an avenue for them to, grow their platforms and their businesses as well. You know, it's, I mean, it's a freelance game, you know, here in the industry, especially as creative services go. So it's another avenue for them mm -hmm. to gain that business and gain that traction in addition to all the other avenues they've developed themselves. You know, mm -hmm. and that was something that when I was recruiting people, I made sure to emphasize like, look, you know, you go get your own work, you know, like you still, you keep all your clients. You don't need to give us your clients. If you want to run them through our system, thank you, but you don't have to, you know, like you're still going out making your living, but if we can help you get work, that's the goal of this. Right. right. You know, and that's, that's where you stand to benefit from this is like people coming in who are in need of something like people who come to me or to somebody on our team and ask like, Hey, do you guys do X, Y, Z? It's like, yeah, we do. Here are our people you know, fill out the form and we'll put you in touch, right. you know, and it's, it's a way for them to become connected. It's a way, it's another Avenue for everybody to grow. And mm -hmm. that's really, you know, important because again, that rising tide raises all boats, but some of those boats, only some of those boats, I should say are filled with musicians, right. you know, right. you have an entire support ecosystem around them, Yes, you know, that also needs opportunities to grow and sure. needs to have those feet in the door, you know? So, why not provide that too through our platform and build out an agency and see, you know, how we're able to grow that over time, you know, to the point where, you know, everybody's, you know, on a freelance basis right now, but you know, down the road, maybe we bring some people on staff right. full time sure. you know, and yeah. create job opportunities that way. Well, like I just, that's a further growth of what you were talking about for what the UMC as a whole does. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Which David puts it well, like, horizontal as well as vertical growth of, of what you're offering and it's just just incredible to watch it's it's very cool to now be a little bit tangential to it uh you know we really enjoy you know kind of think of us like it as a pluto at this point in time that's right know? yeah, yeah. we're like, not technically real, not a planet but, anymore no, no but, but it's uh, still but we're out some, there we're start doing the same kind of circuit mm -hmm. um but uh but david do you need to run or can you stick for five I can give you five, no problem. Okay, fine. Um, so, Gerard, we have a couple of teasers out here for our audiences. Mm -hmm. um, I want to throw out one more because we've been uh, hour and twenty, and I feel like we it went like this, and we probably oh, could yeah. do three times as much. I suggest 
why don't we have another episode where we come on, like maybe in a couple months, maybe preview, pre, you know, music fest. Yeah. We can come together and because there's still topic. We didn't even get into like just music industry stuff. Like we didn't get to just banter. Um, yeah. And I just think I think there there's more to, to kind of unpack there. So um, I would say we obviously have the um, uh, everyone needs to vote for Mr. Health and Fitness. Mm-hmm. We have the forthcoming tease of. Uh, you know, um, who's going to be part of our Nashville meets Bethlehem lineup. Um, we have the ex- current, you know, uh, contest of anybody who's within, you know, again, if you would consider yourself central Eastern Pennsylvania and you're a songwriter and you want to be considered to be added to that eighth spot on the lineup, submit um, at undergroundmusiccollective.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and that show is in November. Uh, and um, th- th- that's just a lot of teases out there. And now we're going to also find a date for another uh, crossover episode here between uh, Quinspin and, and uh, your next favorite band. Absolutely. I look forward to that. And I'm looking forward to Music Fest. Uh, being yeah, that's there. another one. Yeah, you know, just, you know, it's it's so nice to just, you know, have these ties between our communities, you know, I, I must say, you know, um, because... It's again, you know, just goes back to that idea of just strengthening, you know, these pipelines and strengthening the ecosystem for everybody. And like, this is an incredible opportunity, you know, for us to get on here and talk, but also for people to become tapped in to, you know, if they come in on the Quinn spin end to what you're doing and if they come in on your end to what we're doing, you know, and, you know, there's no better example of the thing we keep saying, the rising tide raising all boats than that. Yes. You know, so I I thank you for the opportunity to come on here um, and to do this crossover and for everything that we're doing together now, you know, Mm -hmm. of course, you know, it's, again, so exciting to be bringing an event back to the Lehigh Valley after five years. Um, And looking forward to this being the start of many, many more amazing times to come because I mean, we're, we're growing, we're committed to growth here at UMC and I'm really excited to see where that's taking all of us, you know, and I want this to be something that no matter who it touches, like it's helping elevate you, you know, no matter where you are, it's helping to elevate you. And so that's just something. And if there are any ways that you think we could do that better, like reach out to us, let us know if there's something you'd like to see added to the pot, you know, we'll do our best to, you know, consider that and add it to the pot. You know, we want to be the most robust, independent, creative ecosystem there is, you know, that's the long-term vision. So to get there, you know, we're going to need those ideas. We're going to need those like minds. Yes. Yeah. So the other thing, in addition to a bunch of teases, we have a bunch of congratulations. Congratulations on the creative agency. Congratulations on the 10 year anniversary of, of, uh, Quinn spin. Congratulations on the 20 year cancer free anniversary. Thank you. And, uh, and just look forward to seeing where everything goes to from here. Yeah. Yeah. Congrats on that. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. And congratulations to you guys on one year. Um, you know, what a, what a strong opening statement you've had. Awesome. Well, thank you, know, you for that. It's incredible to see, you know, I, I think I, I think I heard of your show somewhere around last fall and to just like see the level to which you've grown, you know, yeah. or maybe it was music fest last year. I think it was right around music fest when you were doing the things at Godfrey's those interviews yeah. and just to see the level to which it's grown. And, sure. you know, the, the impact that you're having already is is unreal. So the, the future is bright for all of us. So let's let's keep building it. Understood. Absolutely. And thank you for that. That means a ton. Mm-hmm. So uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Gerard Longo. So there we go. I mean, what a conversation. Again, want to thank Phil and Dave uh, at Your Next Favorite Band for having me, uh, for letting me go so in depth about my story. And I'm really looking forward to part two when we do it in a couple months where I get to ask them the questions 
super exciting times. I mean, so excited to collaborate with them on the Nashville meets Bethlehem show that we're doing back in Bethlehem on November 17th at Steel Stacks. For now, this has been the Quinn Spin, two ends and Quinn, two ends and Spin. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, and more. Of course, I didn't put YouTube in the intro of this episode because it's on their channel. Uh, they actually premiered it. We shared it out on our channel as well as a post. So if you want to watch a video, you can go find it there. Also, learn more about the Quinn Spin on Instagram at Quinn Spin, official two ends and Quinn. Two ends and spin, as well as at undergroundmusiccollective.com, our central hub for all things independent music, creativity, community, and more. UMC's on all the socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube. Follow the UMC 20 playlist on Spotify, 20 fresh tracks, and the latest episode or episodes of this podcast will greet you every Tuesday on that playlist. And Nash Live shows at Nash Live shows on Instagram. You'll find information on our next show at the Cobra in Nashville on June 9th, it's the Mad Sugars, Floater, O'Brien, and Firebird. That does it for me. Revel 9 is going to take us out just like they brought us in. Grab some muffins on the way out. I'll see you next time.